Morena, and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. It is just before 7 o'clock on Wednesday, the 21st of July. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka, and this morning you may be able to hear some Kaka in the background, actual Kaka flying around. We're just below Mount Cook, and um, this time of the morning they're often pretty active. Today I want to focus on when New Zealand will be able to really connect up to the rest of the world, i.e. New Zealand business people going overseas to do marketing and to connect up with investors and salespeople to develop markets. And secondly, people from overseas, particularly tourists and backpackers and students, coming to New Zealand not just to spend money and travel around, but to stay for a while, maybe with a temporary work visa, which many businesses are keen to get hold of. And the main places we get those tourists and temporary workers and students from are obviously Australia, where the bubble is pretty much closed now. This morning, South Australia was the last uh, bubble to be closed down, apart from Queensland, and New South Wales is really deep in trouble, uh, dealing with about 100 new cases a day, including 30 to 40 that tend to be uh, out in the community beforehand, and you may have seen pictures in recent days Sydney's lockdown is nowhere near the same as ours. There are people all over the place. So it's going to be difficult for that bubble to get going again anytime soon. And remember, Australia's vaccination rate with AstraZeneca is not nearly as strong as ours. And we're seeing new waves of Delta variant infections around the world in places where they've been more than half vaccinated. And people who are vaccinated are getting infected and are spreading it even though they are tending not to go to hospital. So how long before we really get going, connected up to the rest of the world where people come here and we go overseas? Well, vaccination passports seem to be the key here to the point where last night on the first day of the, quote, Freedom Day that uh, Boris Johnson uh, enacted, he did a massive U-turn within 24 hours and is forcing bars and nightclubs to ask for vaccination certificates, passports, if you like, at the door of nightclubs and bars, which was a complete U-turn from his policy the previous day. So vaccination proof will be a key thing for uh, the resumption of international travel. And to do that, you need people to recognise the vaccine in the other person's country. Now, one of the issues we have and we're going to have over the next couple of years is recognising China's vaccines because China is more than half vaccinated. The trouble is it's half vaccinated with its Sinovac and Sinopharm vaccines. And remember, Sinovac is 50% effective against the early variants of covid and Sinopharm is 79% effective against early variants. Both of them have yet to be really tested against the Delta variant, apart from in a couple of Asian countries where they started using Sinovac and Sinopharm. And just in the last few days, we're starting to see those countries abandon those vaccines. So just in the last week, Thailand has quietly started revaccinating its healthcare workers and giving second doses of AstraZeneca to those people who have only had one dose and are expecting their second Sinovac or Sinopharm dose. And Indonesia has also started revaccinating its healthcare workers. That's because 
In Indonesia, 30 healthcare workers who had been vaccinated fully with Sinovac or Sinopharm have died of COVID. And in Thailand, two health workers had died having previously been vaccinated with Sinovac and Sinopharm. And this is interesting, what's happening in Thailand and Indonesia. But what it says is that the rest of the world is going to have problems with people who are vaccinated only with Sinovac and Sinopharm. And currently in China, the only approved vaccines for use and the only ones being distributed are Sinovac and Sinopharm. The European Union and the United States have not recognised or approved Sinovac or Sinopharm for use. And China hasn't approved any of the European and US vaccines, the Pfizer's, the Moderna's, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, AstraZeneca and the likes. So what we have is two parts of the world who don't recognise each other's vaccines. How are you going to have proper travel between people in China and the rest of the world and vice versa when neither recognises each other's vaccines and where the Chinese vaccine is clearly not as effective against the original variants, let alone the Delta variants. So this is going to be an issue for New Zealand, of course, because China is our largest trading partner. And until now, we've managed to get by by exporting stuff. Um, and it's amazing, really, how much um, the export receipts from China have, have risen and done very well despite COVID. But of course, a lot of our workers and students and tourists had come from China and they've pretty much stopped coming. And of course, many businesses, not to mention a few diplomats, would want to go and visit China to um, re-establish those links and those connections and do the new marketing and market development and all of those things you need to do when you're trading with another country. And this is going to be very difficult until this basic issue is solved. My current view is that late 2023 is when the world will start to open up to these sorts of vaccination passports and we will have dealt with the various waves, assuming, of course, that we don't have another variant, um, an Epsilon or a Lambda variant that is worse than the Delta one. And that is... Um, making me think that 2024 is more likely the, the year when people will be able to start moving in significant numbers. Those businesses and countries who are hoping, depending on the reopening of people travel between their country and China should realise it's going to take years, not months, before that gets going. Now, elsewhere in today's Dawn Chorus, I've put in a bit of a scoop that Hamish Rutherford has got in the Herald. Kerry MacDonald, the former head of the Rio Tinto smelter and the former chair of BNZ, quite a um, prominent figure in New Zealand's business community in previous years in particular, one of those sort of elder statesmen of the NZ Inc. project of the last 30 years, has come out quite strongly in favour of structural separation of the power gen tailors. So this is... Uh, Meridian, Mercury, Genesis, Contact and Trust Power, who all generate power and also act as retailers. And they have effectively um, are now dominating the market because of this big surge in wholesale prices, which is driving out a lot of the independent retailers. And there are growing calls, led by Flick Electric and Electric Kiwi, to structurally separate these gen tailors in the same way that Telecom was structurally separated into Chorus and Spark. 
which was very effective in improving prices and service and competition in the industry and allowing some independents to thrive, of course, including Two Degrees and a bunch of broadband suppliers. So um, it will be interesting to see how the government responds. Until now, they haven't been very interested. They are, of course, the government is, of course, very conflicted. They own 51% of Meridian, Mercury and Genesis and appear to have been convinced by the arguments of those uh, former monopoly um, bodies that they need to remain in their current very profitable structures. In the last couple of days, they've reported very strong profit margins. Thanks to those record high wholesale uh, electricity prices tripled in the last 18 months or so, in part because at the margins, we haven't had enough gas to uh, produce and there has been some falling lake levels, although they're starting to recover. And um, that's really driven the likes of Flick Electric and Electric Kiwi out of the market for new customers and um, essentially killed off a couple of other smaller independents. And this is a problem for the government and, and for uh, any hopes of getting to carbon zero because you need a innovative and uh, competitive and lower priced um, market for electricity for people to really move into electricity. Okay, that was the Dawn Chorus. It's around about seven o'clock on Wednesday, the 21st of July. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka. <laughs>